Good morning, everyone, and a very happy new year to you. Over Christmas, we've reflected on comfort and joy with our hopes and fears and the invitation to come and behold. Today, as we come to Epiphany, the familiar story of the Magi travelling many miles to find the new king, I am drawn to truth and grace. These are yet another pair of words that we will sing today from the familiar Joy to the World. I wonder what comes to your mind as you hear them. With the cold nights of the last few days, there have been some great opportunities to see stars in the sky. Obviously, light pollution doesn't help us here in Loughborough. And if you ever get a chance to go to one of our dark skies parks, I would highly recommend it for some great stargazing. But the ancient world, innocent of streetlights, had a passion for the night sky. They tied day and night together. The whole world was of a piece for them. What happened on earth was replicated in the skies and vice versa. Everything was interconnected, so when a remarkable event happened in the sky, an especially bright star, something remarkable was also going to happen on earth for them. Who knows what it could have been in that year? Scholars have tried hard to work it out. Planets in alignment, comets, even a supernova, whatever one of those is. For our purposes today, I don't really think it matters much. What is important is that the Magi were looking for the earthly event that was the counterpart to the event they had seen in the sky. For me, however, perhaps a more important question is why Matthew goes into such details when he's telling us his part of the stories we read at this point in the year. I don't think he is, as Tom Wright puts it, telling us all this simply to satisfy astronomical curiosity. I don't think he's trying to tell some kind of fairy tale either, beginning with a special child's life with foreign kings and fabulous gifts and the poverty of a stable. But I do think he's trying to tell us something about truth and grace. In fact, Matthew never mentions a stable or royal visitors, but he does offer us some political dynamite. King Herod is an imposter. The Herodian kingdom of Judea was a client state of the Roman Republic from 37 BC and Herod the Great was appointed King of the Jews by the Roman Senate at that point. Now a client state is a state that is economically, politically or militarily subordinate to another more powerful state, in this case of course the Roman Empire. Although Herod was called the King of the Jews, he was brought up as a Jew His ethnicity was basically Arabic on both sides. While he publicly identified himself as a Jew and was considered as such by some, it was really undermined somewhat by his decadent lifestyle and of course he was expected to look out for the interests of his Roman patrons in every possible matter, all of which would have earned him the antipathy of the observant Jews, no doubt. Herod the Great died soon after Jesus' birth, but his sons ruled after him including Herod Antipas, who features again in Jesus' life much later. So you can imagine how the news of any usurper to the family throne, in inverted commas, would not be tolerated. We know the story of his questioning of the chief priests and teachers of the law. What do you know about this? But I notice that right at the very beginning of his tale, Matthew is very clear that if Jesus is the Messiah, then he is the Messiah for all peoples, not just the Jews. The Magi coming from the East make that point. Otherwise, why weren't the priests and the teachers in the know too? 
There were many prophecies about the coming king, the Messiah, but at the heart of all of them was the fact that his rule would all be about God's justice and peace coming to the world. Truth and grace, then. Throughout his gospel, Matthew carries on this theme, and right at the end, the disciples are commissioned, of course, to go and make more disciples from every nation. This seems to be the way all the prophecies will finally become true. So what is this truth and grace for us today at the start of 2021? In 2020, we had many hopes and fears. To some extent, I guess we all still have them too. But in these last few days, we have been able to read and discover the comfort and joy of the familiar tale as we have come and beheld the Christ child and that all he has meant to us in our faith journeys. Truth and grace are the ongoing story of our lives of God's people together. Truth can have something of a bad press these days, as people seem to want to make up their own versions of it. We only have to look at newspaper reports, social media feeds, etc., to discover that some people make up their truth as they want to see it, so that it benefits them, and regardless of how it affects anyone else. Somehow our Western kind of reasoning seems to have grasped in more recent times a notion of truthiness. Look at lexico.com for a definition. This is the quality of something seeming or being felt to be true, even if it's not necessarily true. Scary, isn't it? Herod was certainly doing that with his title, King of the Jews, when he was really just a vassal for the Roman Emperor. Human beings haven't changed much, have they, in the centuries? Over recent months, there's been lots of wondering about how true all the statistics and information concerning COVID-19 has been. There have been questions around how things have been reported, about what is really known about the virus, where it started, was it natural, all those kinds of things. And none of this has helped the cause of trying to keep people safe and well. It's just thrown confusion and anger into the mix of fear and frustration that so many already held. It may well be that we will never know the real truth about any of these things. But I want to bring into play grace at this point, because I think this is what really matters to us now. There is one who knows the truth about it all, and that is the God whom we can come and behold, the one in whose hands we can place all our hopes and fears, precisely because he is the God of truth and grace. As we move into this new year, what does truth and grace look like for you? Jesus is our example of both. He is the one who fulfilled and still fulfills all those prophecies written way back when about the true Messiah. And he is the epitome of grace, the grace that God has lavished on us by sending his son so that we might know forgiveness of our sins and be back in relationship with God. As I have reflected over this particular Christmas season, I've wondered more and more about how we can help more people know about the comfort and joy everyone can find as we come and behold the King, as we entrust to him our hopes and fears and receive the knowledge of his truth and grace. I'm not sure it will be very easy for us in some ways, but I am convinced that it's something we must endeavour to do, together as a church and as individuals. This is the commission that we are given as disciples, followers of King Jesus. So in this new year of 2021, who will you share truth and grace with? Like the Magi shared their gifts for the long-term future of the King, who will you share with for their eternal future?
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our King, for being the King full of truth and grace. Help us to share what we know with others, that they might know you too. Amen.